0: Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael Crosswhite, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
1: And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas.
0: Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. So do you have sympathy for the devil? I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, I'm just a guess, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> sympathy for the devil. It's the uh, it's the um, story writing style where you build sympathy for the villain of the story and make their.
1: Oh, that's that's the like, sto- name make their, st- for the genre. Yeah,
0: yeah, make okay. their story relatable. You know, so that you feel uh, some measure of sympathy. For the
1: where does that come from? The devil. How how old is that in literature? Where does that come from?
0: Man, what, do you, what, 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 what you ask me? What am I, Shakespeare? I don't. <laughs> I don't. You, was, <laughs> you came, Did you just come up with this term? Did you? I totally invented it right up? now. I totally. I'm coining it right now. I'm I've coining never heard it. this. Yes, I'm coining it right now. It's if you ever hear it again. It'll be that originated on the Fire and Boats podcast. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't think you'd believe me if I knew the term, and I don't think you believe me if I made up the term. <laughs> I just I just think you don't believe me at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is a real thing though. It's hap it happens.
0: It, it is a real thing, and it's, I know. it's okay. growing in here's popularity in our here's culture. A, so
1: here's a question: I'm I'm not esteemed in ancient or even, you know, medieval or, you know, even the last two hundred years of broader literature. Is there is is there a genre historically that you're aware of where this is? This is the the arc of the story, you know. The, the bad guy is excused or given an understanding or sympathy, as you're saying, or in a sense, there's nothing new under the sun. I'm sure that's out there somewhere, but I just it definitely seems more predominant now than uh than in than in history. There certainly has been a shift, in mine in your lifetime. In, in our storytelling. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess you know, in one sense it for for our sakes, it doesn't matter. I'm sure that it's out there in history, but you know, we're we're witnessing a significant shift in in the the narrative of the good guy and the bad guy.
0: Right? Yeah, I think um, we are we've clearly gotten into a pattern of storytelling, be it Disney, like Maleficent is one of them. Many of mm-hmm. the Marvel movies are like this. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Thanos, his own story in the whole, in the MCU, you know, in the previous, the first, like whatever, 24 films or however many it was. um, It's all, it all is kind of built on, uh, there's a, there's a really good reason for why he's doing what he's doing. And if you hear his reasoning, you might even be inclined to agree with his reasoning. And then there's Mm -hmm. the, then there's the next step too, which is I think a little bit different, maybe a little bit further down the road, which is like the Joker, the new, the newer movie with the Joker, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where, this guy was disenfranchised by society in a multitude of ways. I mean, he was bullied. He was, um, he has, he has some serious psychological issues. Um, he was, you know, everything the from healthcare
1: to down the room. social system, yeah. let him down, kick kicked yeah. him out. couldn't get his medicine. You know, someone, yeah. someone who was foolish gave him a weapon for self-protection uh, yeah, and it, it just that 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 story I, we were talking about this yesterday. I just think it's it's so staged. It's uh, it the the agenda is so thick with uh, everything happening to him that the fact that he kills people who bullied him, it, it just it it really it really is powerful i will say it really does change the narrative to where i'm watching this and i'm going i feel sorry for this guy and you know his like as i'm as i'm watching going the the joker that you and i grew up with who is an evil person in his nature and who does things because he loves chaos and because he loves to watch the world burn. And where does this evil come from? You don't know. It just is. He just Mm -hmm. wants bad things. And, and now the narrative shifted where like, I'm feeling sorry for this character, you know, the, the Joker. I'm like, yeah, he can't, he got dropped by the, the government healthcare. Yeah. His mom uh, died Yeah, he didn't have his dad. Oh, yeah, his dad was the rich guy, and the rich, wealthy elite uh, rejected him and wants nothing to do with him, discards him, and you know, disowns him. And that it is sad. It is. It is. uh, I I even watching. I I felt that for for that character, as I think you should. You know, that's. I think that's part of it. It's like, it's it's not just that. Um. There's a changing of the the narrative, and they make the good, you know, the, they make the bad guy into the good guy. Uh, well, there's a reason that that sells. It's because we really do, we really ought to have sympathy for people in yeah. those those situations, you know, and, and feel feel sorry for them, and you know, mourn for that, and that that's it's sad. Um, mm-hmm. but it but it does it it does signify an underlying shift in, I think, psychology. In theology, in sociology, and ultimately in human responsibility for for all of our behavior and our actions, it, it represents yeah. a shift that has been that has been happening in philosophy, psychology, even in the church. I think
0: um, in American culture. I mean, you know, it's happened since the fall, though. Like ever since God confronts the couple in the garden and he's, and Adam says, the woman that you gave me, uh, deceived me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she but it, I don't, is passing, but I don't think is, I... is giving the the reason, the example, the, the, the explanation for why things went off the rails. It wasn't my fault. It was, you know, you're, somebody you're else's. Right. But I
1: think, I think that the post-World War II generation had a, pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of mentality about life. you know. There's evil out there. What are we going to do? We're going to tell it no, and we're going to go on with our lives. We won't stand up for that, and we're going to go to war on uh, – I'm not going to get into the intricacies of the reasons that we go into war, um, but the reason the American uh, mind wanted to go to war against Hitler is because this is evil. And we're going to protect ourselves and our children from evil and and our friends and our neighbors. I was reading a book yesterday by Rosaria Butterfield. She has a new one called Five Lives – what's it called? Five Lies in the American Mind or something like that. I think we're just going to change
0: this podcast into Nathan's Book Club.
1: Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. And she gets into intersectionality where – she talks about the um, – I don't want to say the victim mindset, but intersectionality is looking at the world in a way where there are oppressors and there are the oppressed. And this is Marxism, right, worked out, and the only way for the oppressed in society uh, to, to come out of their station is to have a larger voice, to be given a voice. And so, if you have someone who is uh, a black woman who is uh, handicapped and comes from a divorced home, and um, grew up in inner city Chicago, and I mean, you could, you know, and is gay, and you you add on all of these things. Well, she is, you know that that person is compoundedly, you know, expoundedly. Uh, oppressed, so we're going to have to go even farther out of our way to the greatest extent possible to give her a voice, an opportunity, and uh, and if we if we don't do that, there is no way we can blame her or him or anyone for um, for what they do. Don't be surprised when they start burning down buildings. Don't be surprised yeah. when they start committing crimes. Um, right. Though that that kind of understanding of what's wrong with the world and how the world works is, you know, the the Joker movie. Uh, I don't think it's a pitch for intersectionality necessarily, uh, but it is in that vein of this guy did an 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 evil. Well, I don't think that's the pitch anymore. That's not even the story that this is evil. Um, the this guy did a, a horrible, terrible thing, but. You are you going to say that he was wrong? You know, are you going to go to court and say, you know, we should put this guy, we should put the Joker in prison forever? You know, and he's not, you know, he's called Arthur Fleck. He's given a name in a story. You know, and here's the one thing I would say. In one way, I think this is this is really good. You know, I think it's it really easy for me and you to jump on the bandwagon and for Reformed theology to to jump on this and shut it down. But in some ways, I think it's it is good because it it does add the human aspect to um, to people, and don't do not say something. But our elders are reading a book. <laughs> it's called uh, "Instruments in the Hands of the Redeemer" by Paul Tripp, and he does talk about how uh, people who sin against one another you know it's sinful people responding against people who have sinned against them and that's pretty much all there is in in a broken world uh and so i don't think it's totally wrong to start exposing some of the narratives of wh- you know why people are the way they are for example like shootings in america these mass shootings there is an aspect that i think is helpful to go these guys didn't just wake up and they were evil how many of them come from Broken, gross, abusive homes, and and they had the Joker story. You know, they they were misfits at school, and they um were uh. I mean, the, the narratives are you know as many as there are shooters. Um, but I think there's something to that narrative that ought to make us uh. Not just have sympathy for for the devil himself, but actually um, have compassion uh, on, on people who have suffered a great deal, uh, either from society, or home, or mentally, or in other ways. So, I, I do think those narratives are are helpful for us in order to create compassion and to try to seek understanding of what's going on in every individual uh, life and on a on a society on a societal level uh do do you agree that there's kind of a, a a good aspect of that for our culture before we think about the the you know what's wrong with that kind of
0: theological or psychological shift not really because i think you've always had that's always been a component of storytelling is to demonstrate the difficulty in life in a, in a particular character's life, but normally that was the protagonist. That's the big change is that Mm -hmm. the the protagonist was always the one who had the greatest struggle. And the villain was the one who sought chaos and heightened the struggle for the protagonist Mm -hmm. so that, the you understood the depths of the protagonist' struggle, and you rooted for the protagonist and in the end, the protagonist overcame those obstacles by mm-hmm. a various set of circumstances and things like that that were either provided for him and he provided for himself in a multitude of ways and uh overcame this particular obstacle overcomes the villain overcomes the antagonist whatever. And it, it demonstrates here is adversity. Here is a pathway and a pathway of evil that the protagonist could have gone, but didn't here are the reasons why. And here's how you can overcome those same kind of obstacles. That's kind of the, the teaching of the story. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I think was the one that hold on C.S. Lewis was the one I think that said, um, that, uh, um, dragons exist in stories, not to convince children that dragons are real, but that they can be beaten. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the kind of the, the pattern of storytelling it has been. And, and now the change has been, let's show the dragon side of the story because evil has been essentially eradicated in terms of our our use of it we don't we we hesitate in a story to point to something as evil it's just an alternative it's another it's another path that that person chose and if you understand their plight and you understood their story then you would understand why they chose that but what's not happening in those stories is you're not seeing the person go Okay, but what happens if you take this same character and you do give help and you do give, um, you know, uh, some, some sort of compassion, you do give, um, these kinds of things. And what happens if that person actually desires a better life? Um, then this is the result. And so rather than using, like our storytelling has been in the past, positive examples of how someone might overcome this, we have gotten rid of the reality of evil itself, and just said, "Well, this is just an alternative version. It's just an. It's just another. It's just another way things can happen." And I, so I think, and and I think it makes a less compelling story, to be honest.
1: Hundred percent. I, I think the 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 new Joker narrative is. It, it's not even in the in the discussion it's like it's not even asking the same questions about uh in in a sense good and evil that like you know the dark knight series did where there's there's good and evil and like you said the the struggle is in the protagonist you know um there's no struggle inside the joker in uh in uh, the dark knight series with uh Christopher Nolan there's there's just evil and, and chaos, and there's no backstory, there's no childhood nature versus nurture questions or behavioral conditioning questions. It's just he's a really bad guy. And all the struggles in in Batman uh, himself or in Bruce Wayne. I totally track him with that. And I think that when we watch that, the the narrative that we're we're watching is what you said in C.S. Lewis, that you know, we always think of ourselves you know, as in the struggle of Batman, and what would I do? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. not what would I do if I was the Joker? <laughs> well, the the script flips and goes, what do we do with uh, real-life Arthur Flex, who is a real-life story? You know, a, a real person. So I, 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 I see um, – if I think about the Dark Knight, I don't remember which one it was, but when when Joker has all of the villains on the, uh, he has all of the uh, the convicts on one ferry, and he has all the uh, citizens on the other ferry, and they each have the detonator for each other's ferry, um, right? And uh, you know, and meanwhile, Batman's got. Uh, you know, Two Face over here. Is that what his name is? Two Face. What's his name? The guy with the Joker. One, no, no. Two Face. The guy with Two Face and the Joker are both in that
0: movie. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, Uh, the guy that has two faces. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and his girlfriend. He's got choices. He's got choices (laughs) to make. Um, in in a sense, I I almost find we're we're really the people on the, on the boat, probably more than anyone in those, in those narratives. um, in, in a sense that we're, we, we want to, uh, to be the hero. And I, I guess the struggle is kind of the same when, you know, in the face of inexplicable evil, what are your, what choices are you, are you going to make? That's what makes Batman so compelling as a narrative. Um, but again, like when we're, we're dealing with satan theologically there there is no sympathy for satan i don't think in theologically as in you know satan satan himself grew up uh you know in a, in a broken home and uh he was his dad was on drugs his mom left and you know he was raised by wolves or something like that uh satan is just evil he's uh you know he stands condemned. He is uh, a liar. He is a murderer, and he has been from the beginning. But when it comes to the people next to us, shoulder to shoulder in society, um, I don't think we should think about any of them like we think about the Joker in uh, the Dark Knight series, the old the old Joker, where the people shoulder to shoulder to us, they're just evil, and that's all there is to it. There's no, uh, there is no, um, uh, there's nothing that they've suffered that they're responding to. Now, I'm not. I'm not trying to go all the way down and say, when you sin against someone else's sin, you're not responsible for your sin. That would be that would go too far, and say you you know your sin is excused because you were hurt. Well, that's not biblically true. But when it comes to Talking to people and and relating to people and understanding what's going on in society, uh, what's going on with the person down the street, Um, it requires us to consider the whole person and everything that they've struggled, ways that they've been abused. Um, You you ever hear of the STEPS program? Have we talked about that Uh much? We've done that here at our church. I think it does a great job of st- when it gets to the counseling portion and the portion where you are walking through your life in detail from childhood to today uh, you work through two things simultaneously one what happened to me uh, I my grandmother died when I was five uh, I was abused when I was 10 uh, someone made a, a joke about my weight in the locker room when I was in seventh grade um, I Someone cheated on me I, you know there's those things, and so you have grief, you have sorrow you have uh you have you have been sinned against, and so you cal- you write all those things down, and then you take the gospel and you apply it to those things uh but then you also have another list of things that you've done either to people from your own sin or in response to their sin so someone made fun of you well, what did you do well i shoved his head into the mirror and broke it and he bled everywhere and i got suspended okay so where did that come from are these personal stories that you're sharing no 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 i am i am drawing a little bit from from memory here
0: (laughs) but not just my stories but others um wow airing people's it, story this step is it that, built on secrecy are, are, and like is it what stays in steps these <laughs> this are no
1: what happens in steps stays in steps these are no real because stories because
0: it's just now been talked about all over there's You're no names names in here too yeah. all names have been changed yeah <laughs> to protect the innocent sure okay but my, gotcha. my point is the the the, the
1: new <laughs> the new joker story is all is all of us we have all been – we live in a sinful world. We've all been abused in, on some level, uh, or we've all been uh, hurt. We've all encountered sin. We've all been disappointed um, by other people, and we have all responded in sinful ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said we're something really, a minute ago, that, though. that kind of is us.
0: You said something a minute ago where no, uh, no, one's, no one has sympathy for the devil. Mm -hmm. And, but what do you think the problem of evil is the, the, the odyssey, like the fact that evil exists, um, the explanation being if God, if God is good and sovereign, all knowing and loving and evil exists, either God doesn't exist or he's not all, all good and loving. Is that not an alternative explanation for evil that is excusing the actions of the devil and giving putting the blame on God's shoulders. It just sounds nonsensical
1: on its face to me. To the you? blame the problem of the problem of God's sovereignty. Period. If you if your application of God's sovereignty is it's His fault that there's anything wrong or that there's anything bad in me and you and Satan and the world and Adam and Eve, God, let these things happen. God allowed these things to happen Therefore, it's his right. fault, then it's like,
0: but that, no, I, so I mean, but if I don't you think if that you're, works. if you're, if you're okay, but if you're talking to, obviously don't think it does either, but if you're talking to, you know, a typical mm-hmm. person on the street that does not believe in God, That's going to be probably high on their list of reasons why. And isn't that really in some respects an excuse for Satan's activity is to say, well, he did that in the garden because God let him, you know, he, if God is the sovereign one, if God is the all loving and all powerful one, then why was Satan even there? How many Christians have asked you that? Like if God was really oh, yeah. why did God create a tree? Why did He even have a tree in the garden? So all of those are are in one way or another excuses around the activity of Satan, the activity of humanity. They're they're basically then laying the blame back at the feet of the hero of the story, the Lord himself. Um yeah. so here's, how, here's
1: how I answer that question yeah. when it comes up. Like, why did God create a world where he would even allow evil to happen and and let that scenario break out in the first place? And my answer is that God's glory is displayed in and through Jesus Christ. And God did not just you know allow bad things to happen to him or to each other. He actually created a, a world where he knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin – He's, he's not stupid that, you know, Satan kind of got away from him and, well, now what are we going to do? You know, um, he created a world where he could be glorified and enjoyed by redeeming sinners from their sin against him, because that is what is most glorious in him. He is a merciful, forgiving, eager to save God. And there is no other world that could exist Uh, We start getting the problems of, um, I I forget the theological phrase, but there's, I, I look at this world, I'm like, why is the world the way it is? Because this is the perfect world. This is the best way for God to himself come into the world and show himself in creation, to put himself up against evil in creation and come in as the son, as his own son, as Jesus Christ, perfect, moral, righteous in every way. Never con- never conflicted – you know, you, you think about how Satan is con- never conflicted and the Joker is never conflicted in his evil. Christ is better than Batman. Christ was never conflicted in his goodness and his doing God's will so, and in righteousness. He comes in and he if, dies on the cross for sinners. He raises from the dead, and he comes to redeem mankind. That's why there is a world the way that it is. Now, the second question would be, so what does that mean for my responsibility? Wait, wait. Wait, no, 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 no,
0: get, no, 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 no. You don't get to question. move on to this. You don't know. You don't get to move on to the second question. But my whole point was to
1: first dissect the questions. Why is yeah, the world the in terms of evil no. is one question. And then what yeah. is my responsibility for evil is a different question that I'm going to answer no, I a different get it. way when I talk to people.
0: I get it. But that answer is not great because you're the answer that you're giving is basically saying that there, this is the perfect world and there's not a perfect world we're working toward. That's not what I'm saying. Which is not true. But it is yeah, what you're saying. What saying. The, the, this is the world that God created for his glory. It shows it, it's the most uh, mag, magnifying of his glory. Then what are we going to? What's the new earth? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. <clears throat> that's, that's what you what just I'm, said. That's not what I'm in, intending to say. Why? I get it, but like you're, you're the answer to the problem of the Odyssey is, I don't think that's that's it. They can't be just it because you're basically saying, you're in in protecting God's, um. What his love and his mercy? You're in a way shortcutting his sovereignty. You're saying, is, "Well, this is the wor- just, this is the yeah. world that he created to be the most glorifying, and to to show himself as a savior." But a lot of people are going to hell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think that so, is short of right. part of God's so, glory. Right, but I, but what I'm saying is, like, it doesn't necessarily satisfy the question, because the question is built on if if he is all powerful, he could do anything. Mm-hmm. If he could so do why anything, he, why did why he, he do he this? Not
1: just- why did he not just create heaven and make it where there's no choice, there's no Satan, there's no reason to defeat anybody, there's no reason to redeem anybody? There's just just make heaven and make it to where that's how it always works. If he's going to glorify me and you in Christ forever, where uh, like Augustine says, we will. Uh, you know, it has. It was possible that we not sinned, and then it was. Uh, Now that we're in Christ, it's possible that we don't sin. But one day when we are glorified, it will be impossible for us to sin in heaven. Right. One day when you and I are glorified, there will be no more sin. There will be no more death. There will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. Why didn't God just do that from the beginning? Right. Why not? Why didn't he not do that? That's what I'm asking you. And I'm telling you, that's the whole point. He is doing that. He is getting to that end but he glorifies yeah. himself through redemption and through judgment right. both of them right. his his glory right. is fully known forever in eternity we're going to be singing the perfect glorification of god is going to be thanking him for redeeming people from all nations through the, the blood of the lamb who was slain but in that explanation so that,
0: which i don't inherently disagree with i'm just playing i'm playing the other side to try to kind of accentuate yeah. the problem here yeah, and I have no that, simple
1: sympathy for devils
0: or devils advocates. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sympathize with the devil, but I will advocate for him. Okay, <laughs> as an attorney. Um, no, um, so, um, but you're creating a a a, a world where jud- his judgment has to be magnified in the punishment of people, but if he's all powerful then he could create a world where his judgment could be known and recognized by his subjects without him having to send people to hell for our eternity or having a devil or having us go through cancer or x y and z
1: yes and that's my point god is glorified in all of those things i I know but i'm saying
0: an experience but i'm saying this is the problem that people have Right, this yeah. is the reason oh, the it. argument for for the sympathy of the devil comes up, is to I say he's playing a role that he's sort of forced to play, and this, this this is in movies, this is in in stories, this is where honestly where I think a lot of this is rooted back to, is a problem that people are recognizing that is unavoidable, and that is the problem of evil. You think and God is
1: there, the, I, kind of in that position? God is playing a role; he's forced to play. Is that no, what getting at, I think, that,
0: I think, no, I think that people in our mm-hmm. storytelling are responding yeah. to a, to God who is supposedly, you've got this God who is all knowing and all loving, but we're in a mess and maybe there's an alternative. Maybe there's an alternative explanation. Maybe there's not a God in the machine at all. And yeah. so evil is not really yeah. a thing. Maybe it's just one person's story versus another person's story. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I think this whole thing, like storytelling is really, I mean, it's a, it's, I'm not saying that every story writer sits down and goes, how am I going to reject God today? I don't think that that's what they're thinking, but Mm -hmm. I think it's born out of that philosophy. That's just, that's the water we swim in. Mm -hmm. And that philosophy is God is dead, Nietzsche. And, and but but we recognize that there are bad things that happen, but there are reasons why those bad things exist. And they're, right. they're, and they're, what's they are what's avoidable so, and they're, they're a product of people's environment. And if their environment was different, then they wouldn't do those things. So like the Joker, if his so, environment was different, he wouldn't do that. I think that's, that's why that's that story, actually, t- that wave story Jim,
1: comes up a hundred percent. And it's actually, it is, it is the result of the enlightenment shift in the 1700s from uh away from a theological worldview that guides society. And I think storytelling um, and uh, into an atheistic worldview where the explanation is uh, we're all products of our upbringing and our, we are all generally good inside, but we struggle, we have to learn and all of those things. And you get a story like the Joker where he's a, he's a product of his environment, you know, the, In the nature versus nurture question, this is, you know, he became a bad guy. Um, But it still doesn't answer the question as to why he responds to those things that way. So, what is fascinating to me is that the new Joker narrative, instead of leading Joker in the, uh, in the just pure evil, you know, satanic kind of character, you're just evil because you're evil. You, you bring the narrative into, real life of me and you every day, and they're no longer such big characters that they're like, i. they just represent ideals of good and evil. Now Arthur Fleck is a real person who's actually responsible for himself. It, it actually does the opposite of what they're trying to do, I think, because at some point you're going to have to ask, but why did you respond like that? Why did you respond to that like that? And that's what makes Jesus, I think, so unique. Is he encounter? He is perfectly righteous. He is good. He is holy. He obeys God's law. He is everything we want people to be in terms of uh, kindness and gentleness, and in uh, you know forgiving sinners and meets and takes care of the lowly. Uh, but he's strong and you know authoritative against the proud and the self righteous. And Jesus responds to hatred, sinfulness evil in the world, perfectly and righteously and justly, as God himself does. And so while yes, there is evil in the world, and there is God in the world, we are still morally responsible for ourselves. And there is some mystery to there. Uh, Am I responsible or is God sovereign? Well, the answer is yes. We see that when Jesus goes to the cross. Did Jesus go to the cross on his own will? Yes. No one takes his life from him. He submits his life. He lays it down in obedience to the Father. Um, And yet we see that it was God who is orchestrating the evil works of men in Israel and in Rome to see Jesus crucified in a sinful, horrible, wicked murder. And there is Jesus right on the crossroads of both of them you know righteously obeying the father suffering the evil of the world and yet there was never once in his uh mouth any um uh what is you know what does first peter say there was no um no no vile against uh even those who were crucifying him um you know he was silent like a a sheep before his shearers so the 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 narrative out there in the new joker I think it actually exposes our responsibility that, that we actually know we can't get away from. And even though they're not trying to do that, I don't think that's the nature of the story, you're kind of left hanging at the end of the Joker movie with with the idea, man, if that social work would have just kept up, man, if you know, if uh, Stephen Wayne would have just brought the Joker into his home and, and loved him and cared for him, he would have been a really good guy. If um you know if the if he hadn't gotten fired from his job and if they would have given him a break and given him another chance, um, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't have done those bad things. That's where the, the narrative falls apart. Because you will find the most privileged, protected, safe Uh, guided even in christian homes uh environments uh grow up and do the most evil things because we we are a product of sin in us not only uh the sin that happens to us so we we are and there's there's just there is some mystery there theologically um yeah if if a if a guy goes and shoots up a, a high school or an elementary school, and I look at his life and I go, it's broken, it's messed up. I feel sorry for that. There, there is a sense in which he is a product of his upbringing, um, and yet we're all in the fall. We all have the the heritage of Adam in us, and and we all sin, and we all sin against the sin against us. And that's that's the real narrative. That's what the Joker leaves out. You're left at the end of Joker going, Wow, you know, he's not at fault. He didn't he didn't do anything wrong. Uh yeah, he did. He killed people. And the the Joker in the other movies that you're kind of explaining away is the absolute evil chaos that the old Joker does, right? Because we you and I, we have we have all these ideas of the chaos evil joker, right? the purely evil does things just to watch the world burn joker well now you take this new narrative and you apply that back to the old narrative and you're just excusing away evil itself as a product of an environment rather than a product of the heart and and the nature um so i can hold i hold both at the same time that this is this is the world god allowed and and sovereignly knew he was going to work through for the glorification of himself forever in heaven through the redemption of Christ so this is the world God allowed because it's the world where he's going to redeem and it's the it's in that sen- in in that sense sovereignly and wisely the world God wanted to allow uh not in the sense of uh what he ultimately wanted as the right perfect world so i think that was a helpful clarification um so, yes, God allows those things. And yes, my, mysteriously, we're responsible for our own sin. Why do we do what we do? It's not, why do I hit people? It's not, this is, this just goes down to the conversation you have, every parent, every child. You know, why did you hit them? Will they hit me? No, that's not why you hit them. They hit you, but why did you hit them back? That's because of your own sin. Christ didn't do that. Right? that that came from inside of you and that's that's kind of what i see getting explained away in cruella and the joker and uh the the sympathy for the devil narratives so i don't know if you're tracking with that or if that brings up more questions or if you have something different to say
0: yeah i mean no i i agree i think with you know kind of most of the approach, like there was probably 85 different topics that you just covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not go necessarily back through all of them, but um, I, I do think that in um, the development of the story, especially like, I mean, obviously we're focusing in on the Joker, which is not a movie I would recommend anybody go see. Um, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, any anytime it comes to movies, I'm like, I I, I don't recommend any movies just, you know, you're a big boy, just go figure out what you want to watch and, and whatever. But, um, but I I don't want to get in the business of recommending movies, but, but I would say that the explanation that most of them would give for why he, this Arthur Fleck guy does what he does is he is, there's, there's a problem with his brain. And that that's the explanation mm-hmm. that they're going to give. It's not mm-hmm. evil. It's not, well, you know, yeah, he, well, he shot somebody. No, he shot somebody because there's something wrong with his brain. And he was not given mm-hmm. the help that he needed. Mm-hmm. And so you couple society's, you know, uh proclivity to ostracize people and Make people outcasts and not take care of the disenfranchised with someone who's criminally, who's insane, who has mm-hmm. a, who hasn't, who has it, mental issues and doesn't receive the kind of therapy that they need, which I think is going to be part of the second one coming out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you put those things together, then they do horrific things, things that we would call horrific, mm-hmm. but they actually have an explanation and this is what they are. Is mm-hmm. you know that that he was get, he was not given what he needed, he had something that put him behind the eight ball, and you put those two things together, and it's a volatile cocktail. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's their explanation is not putting the responsibility on him; it's actually taking the responsibility off him. Yeah. And you, saying so once you, you he, see his story, you'll realize why he does what he does?
1: Yeah. Do you? So, what would be your general take on the existence of mental illness like is that uh an uh, i don't want to say excuse, but like we have in the justice system today, you know the you know your your trial could significantly change you could get out of the death penalty, you could get all kinds of different exactly. situations if you plead insanity um your which changes your culpability and responsibility. Where's that, where's that tight? Cause that's, that's part of the Joker story. It's not just his mom. It's not just society. Yeah. It's that he actually has something, you know, that, that part in this, the scene where he shows the card on the bus, when he's laughing and scaring the child and he shows the card to the, uh, to the yeah. mother, you know, I have a condition. I laugh when I shouldn't have, when I shouldn't be laughing, it's a mental condition. Please forgive me, you know, give the card back. Um As Christians, is is that, is that real? Is that, uh, or is that just kind of a made up narrative to excuse people
0: for, for sin? No, it's absolutely real, but it's not, um, it doesn't excuse sin. It might, it might betray our misunderstanding of what sin is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, everything fell. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just, well, now I do bad things sometimes. It was everything now is broken. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, you know, weather mm-hmm. patterns are broken. Mm-hmm. So you, you can say a hurricane that hits a shore is a product of sin, not necessarily of the sin of the people that it hits. That's not what right. we're saying. Right. We're saying it's the product of a fallen world. This is what a fallen yeah. world does. This is, a, is this is a
1: cursed world now.
0: Yeah, everything is chaotic. Every kids is who are broken.
1: born with autism and uh with <laughs> physical
0: deformities are a part of the curse on the world. Yeah, and that's a product of sin, not the sin of the parent, not the sin of the kid, right. it's the product right. of a sinful fallen world. Right. And um and so everything is broken. So uh, the category we have is to say yes, by virtue of the fact that this world is fallen people like this do have conditions where they're not whole and mm-hmm. where they they're going to be um they they're not going to be normal what what's happened though is everything is the, there's been a question uh i think michel foucault is the first one to kind of come in there as a philosopher mm-hmm. and kind of put a name on this but like yeah um is to kind of say what is normal normal is just determined by you know basically the the aristocracy the Mm -hmm. bourgeoisie is what as he would Mm -hmm. say you know Mm -hmm. and and that once that gets branded as normal then anybody else is castigated as other and so uh so i think the 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 difficulty that I run into with you know with Todd Phillips or you know who wrote the Joker and uh, would be no the explanation for Arthur is that he's a product of a fallen world and he's his he's broken he's fundamentally mm-hmm. broken like we all are but he's broken to a to a degree that it makes him unable to really function in society without significant help and mm-hmm. all of that is a product of a sinful condition that we all are in. Mm -hmm. But he would say, what, who are you to determine what is normal and what is not normal? Mm -hmm. You know, what is normal and what's normal. I think that's so, that's so
1: key. The, the diagnostic to statistic manual in, um, uh, psychology, for example, that's, that's what it's built on. It's every diagnosis from the slightest, level of depression and anxiety to disassociative psychotic disorders are, are built on what is normal. What is, what is normal? Therefore, what is good? What is the fullness of humanity? What is happiness? What is, uh, what is good social order? And that, that's where, that's where it comes from. And I, and I, and I do think there's, What has happened, and I don't want to switch fields here necessarily, the conversation, but what has happened often today is we are now labeling very normal, uh, very common brokenness of man, fallen situations like anxiety and uh, emotional stress that we all experience as part of the fall, and we are increasingly calling those things disorders. I mean that's just true historically. And that might be another you know discussion for another day, but when when you start to to excuse the joker for a very real psychotic mental illness, but then you also call in society someone who um you know is uh is anxious and uh has has what the DSM calls anxiety disorder, and then you give that person the label of a an illness, um, then you really are powerfully creating a system that uh, society-wide is, is down the road of explaining away every wrong you do as the result of some condition that you have – a mental illness uh, or something that happened to you rather than your own culpability and your own sin and your own actual fallenness in you so that your response to things, your anxiety or your emotions or your desires or your actions, nothing that you do is actually the result of something that's broken inside of you. Something that's a, a spiritual Illness in you—it's um, only the result of things that have that have happened to you, which really right. undoes. It undoes the glory of God in the way the Lord has sovereignly allowed the world and the curse and the fall to play out, which is right. that we can be forgiven of our sin through the cross. That we can be transformed internally by the Holy Spirit, that we can actually be born again, converted, and we're talking through uh, baptism in our church. And one of the things we talk about in baptism is, in our statement of faith, is baptism doesn't just represent Jesus' life and death and resurrection. It actually represents the believer's death by their union with Christ. The believer's right. burial by the union with Christ and the believer's resurrection to walk in newness of life because of their union with Christ. So that that world that God that we want God to create that we want God to uh, make real actually happens when people become Christians and they are freed not just become Christians and they go to church and they you know have the, the religion of Christianity, but when they are actually converted by the Spirit and freed from the slavery of sin to, right. like Paul says in Romans 6, to walk in the newness of life, we start living that new heavenly life in our souls, in our chest, and in our mind, because we, and we do that now, here on earth, now. Right. That's what right. every but true by, Christian really is: is a a converted person into a heavenly citizen, not fully yet glorified, not fully yet sanctified, but redeemed from that broken, sinful world. Uh, redeemed from our own sin inside of
0: uh, inside of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, this I think is kind of the the real point of especially what we were wanting to talk about is by taking every villain and bringing them down to the terrestrial, making their evil, uh, explainable and relatable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. essentially you take everybody and put them all on the same plane and you say, Mm -hmm. actually, we kind of all are like this and everybody has a reason has an explanation for their story. And we're all kind of in the same, you know, ballpark. And what we really need is some humanistic solutions in order to really get past this. And if we had those humanistic solutions, then we wouldn't be in the state that we're in. And the gospel is actually saying something quite different than that, which is to say that is evil and it's the product Mm -hmm. of fallenness. And you have to admit that you're a creature. You have to admit that you are responsible to a holy God, and that you are sinful. Yeah. And you have to, in order to actually, in order to actually live righteously, you have to first acknowledge that there is a righteous standard, and it's not yeah. nebulous. And
1: listen, listen to this. It's actually so much worse than you think. the The problem with the Joker narrative is not that it's worse than reality. The problem is that it's actually probably not bad enough because the true problem is not just that we have a hard time overcoming our surroundings the true problem is that it is impossible to be anything but sinful without god's help right you want to talk about i can't i'm not responsible yeah you are a, a, a descendant of adam and you die because adam died you die because the sin that Adam had, you have inherited. Your problem is so bad that it is not just the environment around you. Your problem is so bad, it's actually inside of you. And you can't fix it. And you can't therapy your sin away. You can't medicate your sin away. The only way that your sin inside can actually be changed is if God actually changes it if god forgives you and if god's uh, mm-hmm. washes away sin by the holy spirit so in one sense it's like we're not going to say all oh, the 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 Joker narrative is too bad it's not bad enough the the yeah. impossibility that we experience is internal you know you want to talk about overcoming your nature and overcoming your parents divorce and overcoming uh, you know, social worker, you know, misdiagnosing you. And i talked to people multiple times the last month or so who have had to try multiple therapists before they even got any help in therapy. So you, you think that let you down. Your Your own sin inside of us, your own sin inside of you is something you cannot overcome, right? So yeah. like even when we turn the responsibility inward, well, there's not the option to say, Oh, well, we discovered the problem is inside, so now I can deal with it. No, when you look inside, you realize you can't do it. And C. S. Lewis said you, you you think you um you 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 don't really know how impossible it is to be good until you've tried really hard to be good. You don't really yeah. understand the struggle of sin until you try really,
0: really hard to be a good person and realize you can't. Yeah. You can't. It was an example. One of our, one of my philosophy professors, I think used to use, um, when it, when it came to the problem of evil and he said, okay, let's say, let's say we were, what, what would you think would be the, the most, uh, terrible thing that happens in the world? And I think a lot of answers we kind of settled on, you know, that babies die. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like a really bad one, you know, it's mm-hmm. a really big problem. And, you know, ba- you know mm-hmm. it's one thing to see an old person with cancer. It's another thing to see a three-year-old with cancer, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, he would propose the solution and he would say, okay, so let's, let's say we just we're king for a day and we could do, you know, we could do whatever we wanted to. And so we eradicated infant mortality altogether. We just wiped it off. No infants, no one below one dies in infancy anymore and how long would it be before you would see the one-year-old dying as the evil thing you go well yeah that's the that's that's the most evil okay well we'll eliminate that one too now how long before two-year-olds and you're like well that one's evil too you know you can keep going all the way up until you're Mm -hmm. like yeah 70 year old people dying that's bad you know and you eventually get up there so you take arthur fleck right which is the the Proposal of the movie, essentially, which is if, if he were given all these societal helps, he would be, he wouldn't be what he is. He's a product of his environment. So okay, let's say we gave him all those things. What would he become? Let's say we gave everybody all those things. We gave him all those things. We gave every single person out there all the help let's that say, they could possibly let's ever say need. We, Money. Let's just say encouragement. Let's put it this way. We gave him counseling. We gave him. We gave him medication. We gave him all kinds of help till the point where he is. We would say sane or he is functioning in society. Yeah. What has he been moved to? He's been moved to just like the rest of us. Well then all of a sudden the immorality is not shooting the guy in the head you know like he he ends up doing the the immorality is you know adultery is lust is pride all of those things are baked right. inside us so yeah. at some point we eventually have to look in the mirror and go wait a second the problem is much deeper than simply the a- external circumstances that we find yeah. ourselves in and the things that we do uh, or, 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 Arthur act Fleck on, that everybody gonna, else can
1: see. Arthur Fleck is going to have to answer not just for murdering someone in sin, potentially. And, you know, I'm not talking about in court, maybe it was self defense, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's, we're, we're not just going to have to answer for murder, Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to have to answer for hate in our Anger. heart. Yeah. We're not yeah. just going to have to answer for cheating on our wives, we're going to have to answer for lust in our heart. Because when God right. looks at us, He doesn't just say, Oh, you did bad things. He says, You are bad people. The the yeah. great thing about God is not just that He doesn't do bad things. The greatest thing about God is that He is good, He is yeah. holy, He is righteous. And we in our nature and our character internally, we are not. And that's where that that's where when we and when we take all those things away. We we begin to erode at the glory of why the world is the way that it is. Yeah. It has redemptive redemption in its purposes. God has his glory of forgiveness and redemption and even justice and punishment in the world to be glorified and to be known forever. So God doesn't just want a world where everything is perfect. He wants a world that he has redeemed. And forever mm-hmm. our glory In Him, in heaven, we'll be praising Him and thanking Him and remembering and marveling and wondering uh, at all of God's character and glory, which Mm -hmm. was revealed in Christ to redeem a sinful, fallen, broken world. And we will be thanking God personally, me and you and anyone who's trusting in Christ, we'll be thanking God personally forever for forgiving us for our sin not just rescuing Mm -hmm. us from a fallen world outside.
0: Right. Amen.
1: So we're going to call it on that then? We're going to let that be our outro? Yeah. I mean, I already
0: dropped the (laughs) mic, so it's no big deal. (laughs) for listening to the fire and bones podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform. So you can be notified every time a new episode is released, consider leaving us a generous review. If that's an option for you. And most importantly, share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it. Be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links, including our contact information. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the fire and bones podcast we uh-huh.